Chapter Thirty One of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Frances Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. It was early autumn before Dr. Cornerstone began to make an end of holiday time, and he finished off his unwonted pleasure taking by a lonely journey to the Highlands, where he penetrated to the remote corner of earth which Jessamine had described to him it seemed to him when he discovered it to be the one hidden nook in a world which is too public but even here privacy was fast being driven from her last retreat the place had been discovered by the tourist and the story of the mackenzie's mysterious farm help could not have been repeated a decade later than it occurred the peasant of the district was himself becoming sophisticated his canniness began a little to overlap his primitive hospitality and to threaten to submerge it were not the roving folks with long purses in their pockets created to supplement an ungracious climate with cash payments and thus the hunger for relief from town civilization became here as elsewhere its own defeat the hand robs the nest of simplicity and yet supposes that the brood will be reared and restlessness chases repose from the land when undertaking to purchase it by overbidding in a rising market moreover the spiritual outstretch of london with its mingled good and evil overflows by degrees to remotest corners to be unsophisticated is a characteristic of ever-increasing rareness it falls insensibly from the catalogue of modern qualities and its possession though refreshing begins to argue an intellectual want in truth native unsophisticatedness of soul is being exchanged for that less fleeting possession the simplicity which is the result of choice and of deep thinking as old good things go new good things come and loss is mingled with gain the highland village was changed for one thing the laird not at all from a convinced or instructed mind but out of deference to a force which he began to recognize as compelling had reluctantly ceased to put up gates and fences where the enterprising society for the preservation of public rights of way as persistently pulled them down again the war begun in bluster was dwindling to a tacit acknowledgment of defeat and the secular machine of the peasant farmer rattled over moor roads which formerly were proclaimed by a sort of religious desolation and silence to be consecrated to wild and therefore shootable nature moreover the common london socialist left his literature behind him and the peasant farmer picked it up and read the modern spirit the conception of thorough emancipation struck a fruitful root downward and a man's vision became acute enough to detect shoddy in the pretenses of another and to disperse the illusory halo surrounding purchased or inherited rights the communal idea intruding upon and effacing the individualistic notion of his or mine own 
that stretched the heart and strengthened the nerve fibres the canny peasant perceived that in a world suspended upon fortune's fickle wheel his own depressed spoke might come up top at last he cast firmer glances on the expanses of deer forest which would be so convenient for pasture and his eye was speculative of coming increase when the glance of a peasant is so the era of the deer forest is over even though the fir trees still stand not to be so nipped not to be so harassed to have a little margin here and there a little more life and less expenditure of unrepaid effort that to the long-enduring worker is heaven when dr cornerstone dropped his knapsack at the little inn at reichar and prepared to walk over to jessamine's village scotland entertained in him as revolutionary a guest as had ever visited her he had a superfluity of disdain for shams he knew of no worth save the worth of a man where the laird and his rights were concerned instead of a conscience was a cheery jest his sentences dispersed time-honored claims and he scattered his intensely modern spirit in words that dissolved the pious pretenses of property as to the genuine grievance and human need he sought it out by tavern tables and at the wayside and the sympathy he gave was here as elsewhere tonic he did not soothe with words of resignation and a reference to compensations hereafter but used the laird's word rights in strange contexts and summoned up revolt in the heart by the suggestion of a remedy leaving in the breasts of scotch peasants as elsewhere that he touched the first dawning conception of free man and womanhood the dawning of it in minds astonished at themselves for what they began to harbour but proud and secretly joyful jessamine had been at rest for nine months before the doctor found his opportunity of fulfilling his wish to visit colin mcgillivray the continued existence of the man was a matter of speculation but knowing the persistent habit of the highland peasant he had little doubt on that score he plodded over the long white road where colin and jessamine had driven together on the occasion of the encounter with the sheep and where they had sauntered the evening after the sports without being certain that he followed in her steps and yet he found the road full of her the moors the hills the forests the beautiful and desolate parts were things on which her eyes had rested and he saw them in the light of that thought when the houses and the hovels became a little less scattered and even to-day that was all which could be said he knew that he neared jessamine's village and her hiding-place pausing by a large field that edged the road with a wire fence enclosure he scanned the near country the fence was spiked to prevent the trespassing legs of truant children or of tramps and a man drove a mowing machine round the field and the barley fell with a musical sigh mechanism even here said the doctor one would welcome the iron man 
did the fruits but fall into the right lap and then he hailed his agricultural fellow-mortal a shouted conversation ensued in the course of which the doctor seemed to encounter many shades of many mackenzies the description of none of whom wholly satisfied him there will be peter mackenzie levin west here his informant pointed vaguely with his whip in the direction from which the doctor had laboriously trudged mackenzie craigowry they call him and there will be alexander mackenzie south here he pointed over the valley and the river to a distance beautiful indeed but desolating when contemplated from the point of view of a journey of research i don't know of any john mackenzie nearer than muirton that was thirty miles off if an inch john mackenzie drynock said the doctor falling into the country manner which had been easy to jessamine's tongue of naming the peasant after his bit of hired land drynock drynock repeated the man drynock will be yon here he pointed his whip to the slight appearance of chimney-pots and the side of a barn amid a cluster of birch-trees welly mcbain owns drynock and i'm not knowing any john mackenzie nearer than muirton here he lifted his hat shouted hadoof to his horses and the fall of the barley continued the doctor walked on in the direction of drynock he found a handsome modern farm building erected on the ground where the mackenzie's curious dwelling-house with its superfluity of doors and paucity of windows had once stood he walked up to the entrance knocked and inquired for john mackenzie there will be no john mackenzie here this will be welly mcbain's the doctor sat down in the porch and wiped his brow though in truth the day was grey and cold not raining but reminiscent of rain and ready to rain again to all inquiries after john mackenzie all tentatives toward winning some lingering legend of his farm help the woman who had opened the door at willie mcbain's was blank then slowly almost fearfully he inquired after the man whose name was the last spoken murmur on the dead chessman's tongue the woman's face brightened a little there will be changes said she and well he built the farmhouse and the barns himself he will not be here long you see sir but i'm minding it all suddenly it was john mackenzie he took the land off sir and john mackenzie well sir i'm thinking he just went off to muirton he has a brother there in the timber trade sir and land will be ever very changeable so he went him and his wife sir john will be seeing a bit into the world whatever and colin mcgillfrey what of him pursued the doctor oh colin sir the woman smiled a little there will be changes but colin will ever be for stecken he's slaw sir the doctor perceived from this that whatever else he might discover in colin he was certainly not a prophet within his own country no startling achievement had marked him out for the wondering admiration of his fellows it was plain and the quality of sticking tells chiefly when it is withdrawn 
dull faber it appeared was in very measurable distance and the doctor turning away took the same road the little path through the heather which still to his fancy palpitated with the fall of jessamine's flying feet it might be that to another heart than his it ever beat to the same measure the aspect of dull faber struck him as dreary where all else went on and gathered some of the fruits of modern progress displaying a new idea in the shape of a good barn or improved implement or better house-building dolphaber stood arrested there was precisely the same measure of application as before without the faintest sign of an advancing notion the barns which had been built before jessamine's day because the still older ones fell down were there of course but the worse for the beating on them of the winds and showers of ten years and the patch of land the six poor fields and the stretch of moor had the pathetic look which land wears when the tilling is done by steady industry without the aid of inventiveness plod and magnificent patience that was the sum put into the land mind was absent as to the small stone house with the great chimney that was as before its capacity for improvement had not been taken advantage of no additional building had been added nor had one square inch of the moorland been redeemed for a garden in the same primitive way as ten years ago the fields were unfenced and unwired and the straying cattle and hens were shouted off by a hired lad though the acquisition of such a help must have been a difficult matter over the clumps of heather blossoming now into a rich purple dr cornerstone saw the shaggy broad heads of the longhorns snatching bits of sweet grass here and there and looking up now and then with wild startled threatening eyes and the limping shapes of the farm horses painfully wandering in search of pasture with their fore and hind legs tied together picking his way toward the door of the small stone house pitched in such astonishing ungarnished desolateness on the brink of the moor the doctor mightily wondered within himself what manner of man this winner and rejecter of the heart of jessamine halliday would appear as he approached the smoke swept down the side of the house from the great gaping chimney in a malicious gust he passed the dim stained window where old rory used to descry the nearest glimpses of a world other than his own peat fire and stood before the ill-hung door and knocked it seemed a great while before his knock awakened any movement from within presently he heard a chair thrust back the sound gave him the impression of an empty house or rather of its being the lonely habitation of one slow firm steps were followed by the opening of the door and a man stood before him lifting his hand and touching his brow in the distant salute of the peasant the action waved him off rather than deferred to him and the doctor recognized at once a proud and solitary nature he was a majestic-looking man of about forty years 
with a brown weather-beaten skin and a broad pair of shoulders having a slight stoop which appeared rather as a patient inclination toward the ground that nurtured him than a defect in the figure the face touched the imagination of his visitor at once slowness and firm patience were written on every feature a temperate nature with untold powers of endurance the brow was proud and the lips kindly as to the eyes the yellow-brown orbs when he opened the door to the doctor they looked at him full of a long waiting expectation they were the eyes of a person to whom something of import long delaying will occur at last such indeed was the impress of the whole face save for this it was clear from the signs of mental conflict but hours and hours of waiting had writ themselves upon it it was a face full of hope deferred and yet courageously cherished these eyes of his changed suddenly when they met the doctors they widened flashed and settled into certainty with that holding them quietly upon his visitor he awaited from him the first word i come from london began the doctor gently walk in sir said colin i am most glad to see you his tone was subdued as is the tone of one to whom the feast of life is solemn nevertheless as he spoke the doctor knew by the clearer brownness of his skin that the blood had forsaken his cheek and that his heart was throbbing he followed him into the room into which jessamine had so timidly stepped on the occasion of her first visit and sat down as she had done on one of the carved straight-backed chairs colin stood before his visitor he clasped the wrist of one hand with the fingers of the other and looked out of the window his eyes still finding as it were their home and inspiration among the hills a man of massive strength and staying power both physically and mentally and slow as he had been described he did not hurry now though every pulse beat thunders he waited with the same large patience as through ten years he had waited reluctant to snatch hastily what he knew had come to him at last reserving and ever reserving himself you live alone in this wide and airy place said the doctor who was indeed impressed by the sense of boundlessness which colin's unfenced fields suggested flowing as they did over into the moorland tract and on from that to the mountains my father and my mother will be dead answered colin and you are not married the yellow-brown eyes slid from the hills and rested on his visitor a trifle startled they were the doctor remarked too full of light the scotch believe in second sight and these eyes the doctor thought possessed the faculty mcgillivray did not answer the question put to him but his lips were wistful vague poetry wordless yet done into ten years of patience 
struggled in his throat it was still torn by the moment of loss ten years ago but above the unseen wound colin kept his fancies when all else fails the lover finds the unseen bread on which to feed loathes unmanufactured and unknown a delicate and growing store that increases with the use the guiltless faithfulness that never swerves and which becomes in the end its own sustenance colin without reply eyed the doctor with his face slowly changing under the stirring of deeply repressed sensitiveness i bring you a kind of message said the latter huskily from jessie the long unuttered name the word too ever-present to be spoken loosed itself from his tongue with trembling reluctance the doctor inclined his head she is dead said colin with conviction you had heard it then asked the doctor both surprised and relieved i will just be knowing it he returned and then he seated himself as though he needed support under the strain of this conversation but motioned with his hand that the doctor should continue his story and that was a difficult thing with a man who knew one burning chapter off by heart who was in himself the essence of that chapter but who possessed no clue to the beginning or the end of the volume dr cornerstone endeavored to hint as clearly as he could what position in the great world had been held by the mackenzie's farm help the man listened attentively without exhibiting surprise oh yes indeed said he she will not be common the doctor came to her marriage the patient brows of the peasant changed very slightly i am just nathan but a farmer said he and he would be a great laird and will she be loving him best she was bonny enough to be queen his worship disallowed of jealousy but the crux of the story lay here with intense painstaking care cutting the lines at each sentence a little deeper to make the impressions clearer the doctor strove to render truly the history of jessamine he was deeply conscious as he spoke of the incongruity between this troubled complex tale and the massive simplicity of the nature that had the right to hear it a silent mountainous greatness it seemed to him akin to the scene in which the man had passed his days but a nerve of colin's nature burned responsive to all that concerned jessamine and it is probable the highlander understood more than the londoner guessed it will just open locked doors to me said he presently when the doctor had ceased speaking whiles he added the sensitive reluctance creeping again into his face when he spoke whiles i have felt as though it had all been a dreamin and a sleep and as though i was just on the edge of wakin you will not be knowin the feel of that maybe sir 
i must just be getting up to open the door and look i must just be turning my head over my shoulder to catch sight of her slipping away like the wraith that she was whiles it has seemed like a great lonely darkness and me walking in it forever straight on and nothing at the end and then when i was fed to lie down with a sore great cry sir if you will excuse the liberty i would just be feeling a wee bit hand in mine and a tug against my shoulder and you will not know the feel of it sir the loneliness felled up and there was ever a flutter of a woman's garment after me in the fields and on the moor you see sir i changed nothing i was ever fearin indeed to turn a clod that her wee bit foot had pressed i was fearin to mend up an altar lest i should take something that her hand had touched and i was ever fearin in myself sir to lose her from my heart it will be just there that i was buildin the new house for her whatever the neighbors laugh and call me slow it will seem no great matter to me i'm thinkin whiles that the roof that had her under it will be good enough for me indeed i'm busy at another kind of work my house and my land will just rot down with myself sir and my jessie will be in them to the end his hands moved with the first nervous feeling he had exhibited and the doctor surmised the stirring of mighty repressed emotions you will notice what i said of building her a house here sir and he laid both hands together with a gentle primitive movement against his heart yes said the doctor i will it would be one evening last autumn that i was just dozing a bit by my fire after the day's work was done and i will hardly know if i was dreaming or not but indeed and i was thinking that i saw her clear face to face again a wee bit white face it was and it lay before me like a picture i am not knowing if i was dreaming it or not but indeed i sat looking and fearing to move lest it should go but it stayed with me sir and it was an uplift to a sair sair heart and an evening or two after i was sitting here again and indeed i was thinking and waiting and there came a little whisper it will perhaps just be an echo she would be saying my name whilst long ago with a bit of a laugh at the end of it to get it right she would be saying and i just heard her voice again in a little whisper colin mcgillivray dalfaber it went like the cut of a sword to my heart and set me all listening and shaken i sat still as a mousie listening and looking looking god how a body can look whiles i was feelin her just behind me i was seein her in the angle or near the door i was hearin the rustle of her dress past the window and then i knew she was runnin over the moor to my house so then i sprang up and opened the doors and set them wide and stood looking into the night and stretchin my arms for her 
god how a body can look wiles i thought my eyes would cut the darkness open god how the soul can call when the tongue is still i kept the door ever on the latch all these years so that she could never be saying that colin's door was barred against her so that she could feel wherever in the world she hid that my door was open but that night i threw it wide and sat and bided and presently it seemed to me that the house i had been building was full the man's head dropped suddenly and he covered his face with a great sigh you will understand sir said he in a low quiet voice when he had regained his self-mastery that i just knew she was dead and had come to me that way the doctor said nothing but stared at the hills a great silence fell between the two when colin spoke again it was with his ordinary composure and so my jessie was a great lady said he the doctor marked the quietly appropriating pronoun in the world's eye she was so but not in her own she was just a wee bit thing and it would be a sight of turmoil for her it was a great turmoil she loved me best she loved you only i'm just a common farmin body but she was true as steel explanations definitions excuses and all the glosses necessary for a less balanced and less deep nature were the doctor perceived superfluous here colin had the sort of greatness which can see the thing in its essence without the small despairing restlessness of those who curiously inquire into the imperfection of detail the lasting and the eternal were enough for him the passing flaws went unconsidered it will be a sight of comfort he said a sight of comfort but i was ever knowing it in my heart though sore perplexed to understand there will be things he added a body does not go into easily he made one of his long slow pauses and now he said as though to himself she has come home the doctor rose mcgillivray rose also wearing that hospitable manner which sat well on his proud and lone nature his visitor murmured something of finding his way there another year i shall be most glad whatever said he with his gentle aloof air as he stood at the door dr cornerstone turned to get another glimpse into the yellow-brown eyes and he saw that they glanced past his shoulder and rested upon the mountains the hells look beautifully said colin and then he raised his hand quietly in the peasant's salute end of chapter thirty one end of a superfluous woman by emma francis brooke